and only through like actively doing this work and then putting plans in place and doing things consistently to prove myself wrong essentially that has changed the narrative that I now hold about it so it's really important to do this looking at things from an emotional standpoint first because the stories that we've internalized over the years protected us for a certain amount of time they served a really big purpose for us as kids they don't necessarily serve that purpose for us anymore Hello and welcome to the What Do You Know podcast with me, Becca Donovan. In this podcast, I share advice and tips on health, wealth and confidence for people who actually want to enjoy their fucking lives. Just think of it as like a super long weekly voice note from your millennial big sis. In this week's episode, join me as we start to discuss the very important details of how to do a financial audit. Now, I'm going to be perfectly frank and I will say this time and time again, I am not a financial expert, but what I do have is raw, rough and ready lived experience with personal finance and I want to bring you on the journey with me. I hope to share some tips and advice that stop you making the same mistakes that I did. In this week's episode, we will delve into understanding your money story. We all grow up with a money story, whether we are currently aware of it or not. We will also look at how you can start to shift your money mindset. These are the two most important things to understand before you even start to look at a single spreadsheet. And finally, I will give you a super simple exercise that you can do to start getting a grasp of your finances. It also sets the tone for the rest of the episodes in this series. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. It is the perfect time to do a little bit of a financial audit. Not only is it the end of the month, but we're all gonna kind of start to be thinking about spending money at Christmas. And I don't know about you, but every year I say I'm gonna be organized for the buying of gifts and I'm not. This year is different though. So actually I am learning my lessons. Before we dive into the full episode, I just want to very clearly legally state that I am not a financial advisor. I am not an accountant. This is not financial advice. None of these episodes are financial advice. Everything that I'm gonna discuss is rooted in personal experience, learned and lived experience to do with my own personal finances, things that I have found really helpful for me, and all of it is very much rooted in coaching. The mantra, the motto that we are leading the rest of the year with is keep it fucking simple, hon, because it does not need to be difficult, it doesn't need to be hard, it doesn't need to be complicated. We have been told for a very long time that money is difficult, you know? It's really hard. And the only people who are able to actually deal with it are the fancy pants guys in suits that work in high-rise corporate buildings and tell you that you don't know all of the inner workings of money. I can't even think of the technical terms because I don't know what they are. But that has been ingrained into us for a really long time that it is the bros who can give us all of the financial advice. And that because we don't work in that environment, because we don't know the things that they know, we can't be good with money and therefore we will never be wealthy. 
it's bullshit, it's not true. And at the end of the day, the money that you have, however much or however modest it is, it's your money. It's your money and it's your fucking life. So we're gonna keep it simple and we're gonna set ourselves up for financial success. Long term. The first thing we're gonna discuss before we go into any of the practical things is understanding why we feel the way that we do about looking at our finances. This can be a very triggering thing for a lot of us. And before we dive into that, I want to give you a little bit of context as to where I'm coming from, because we're gonna explore what our money story is. And everybody's money story is completely different. And it basically encompasses all of the things that we were taught as kids growing up through our teenage years and even into early adulthood. The messages that we received, the conversations that our parents did or didn't have about money, the environment that we grew up in, whether that was wealthy or not, all of those things significantly impact the way that we see the world and the way that we see finances and whether we are naturally living from a place of scarcity or abundance. So it's really important to look at that first because that has so much of an impact and such a significant hold on the way that we deal with money and the way that we see and feel about it. So for me, I grew up in a super working class northern English town, a mill town where everybody was pretty much poor as shit. I mean, there were wealthy kids around me and what I observed to be wealthy kids around me, they were the kind of kids who on non-uniform day at school would always have the designer stuff. They would have the Adidas trainers rather than the two striped trainers that I would have that probably weren't even mine to begin with. They will have been handed down to me from somebody else or bought from a charity shop or from a really cheap retailer. My parents did the best that they could at the time, but there were four of us. We didn't come from money. We lived in council houses. I was very aware as a kid, although my parents never openly discussed money, I was aware that we didn't have it. I was aware that we didn't have it by the responses that I would get when I would ask for something new, which I've learned very quickly not to do that. By things like my clothes were handed down to me or they were secondhand or they were from very, very cheap shops. And you know, secondhand is super cool now and we're aware of the fact that that's not a big deal. But as a kid of the 90s, that was a big deal. And I knew that it was a, it was a stressor. Like it wasn't something that was openly discussed or happily discussed at any point. And that followed me around. I started working when I was 14. I did a Saturday job in a very cheap clothes shop in the center of town where I would get paid 20 pounds for a full day of work, which is a shockingly small amount of money. And by Monday it would be gone. Like I would pretty much spend that whole thing as soon as possible on a Saturday. And I progressed from there. I always had jobs because my parents didn't have spare cash to give me, so I had to get it for myself. If I wanted anything, I would have to buy it for myself from a relatively young age, shall we say. So while I always was earning my own money, I knew how to spend it. I didn't know what to do with it. I knew that it could buy me things. I knew that it meant that I could go out with my friends at the weekend. I knew that it meant that I could put credit on my phone before you had contracts. I knew that I could spend it in order to have things or experience things. And that's what I did. 
I didn't save a penny. I think the only time I saved any money was when I was 18. And this was the first time I'd ever gone abroad because we couldn't afford to do family holidays. There were four kids in the 90s in Burnley. We had no money. And I went on a big holiday with a group of friends when I was 18. And that is probably the first time that I'd ever actually saved money for something or I saved money to be able to spend while I was there and saved money to pay for the holiday itself. But that wasn't enough of like a significant moment for me to all of a sudden be like, oh, look at the value of saving money. But no, that didn't happen. It was just an experience. And I was like, cool, that was fun. And then went back into my old ways. I went to university when I was 19 and I went to university with debt. I had an overdraft. I had finance on a car that my parents thankfully forced me to pay off before I went to university. So I got to university still in a little bit of debt with no money at all whatsoever. So I had to get a job straight away. I didn't qualify for financial support at university either. So I was very much scraping by. And I just ended up in the same cycle again where I ended up with money on a credit card. I ended up with little bits of debt. Thankfully, I have never been in a position where I've been in a significant amount of debt. However, I could have done. I could have done on numerous occasions and it's because I knew how to spend money but I didn't know what to do with it when I had it. I was always very, very good at having a job and having an income and making sure that I was making money somehow but I never knew what to do with it. So that's my money story. There were signals throughout my life that were repeated to me time and time again where I understood that we were in a very scarcity mindset household and that is nobody's fault, it just is what it is. So I am able to understand that that is my default. That is where I fall back to at any point. When something happens where like a big expense comes in, I am so aware that my automatic thought pattern is, oh, for God's sake, here we go again. And that has always been my automatic thought pattern because of the way that I grew up. Luckily now, I am able to identify that and I'm able to go, actually, that's not the case anymore. You earn way more than you ever have done and you're fine. But it takes the process of, looking at it, taking responsibility for it, and then doing something about it every single time that story that you are told about money comes up and how to deal with it when it happens. Being super, super intentional about your mindset around money is arguably more important than actually doing the financial audit in the first place. So the first thing is to do a journaling exercise. And it's super simple. Before you do any sort of looking at numbers, ask yourself, what are you avoiding by not having done this already? And why are you avoiding it? The reason that I shared the story about my story is a lot of the narrative for me when I think about doing a financial audit or when I first started the practice of doing this is there's no point. There's no point looking at this. It's never going to be any different. I came from such a scarcity mindset that that would be the narrative every single time. Nothing's ever going to change. You're never going to have more money. You're never going to get yourself out of debt. You're never going to have the amount of savings that you want. So what's the point? That was the narrative that came up for me time and time again. And only through like actively doing this work and then putting plans in place and doing things consistently to prove myself wrong, essentially, that has changed the narrative that I now hold about it. So it's really important to do this looking at things from an emotional standpoint first because the stories that we've internalised over the years protected us for a certain amount of time. They served a really big purpose for us as kids. 
they don't necessarily serve that purpose for us anymore. They did such a good job of protecting us from making shit decisions at one point in time, but we're in a different place now. We're taking responsibility for it now. We're doing something about it now. So write down a bullet point list. What are you avoiding? Why are you avoiding it? What emotions come up? What thoughts come up? And you might be surprised because there's going to be the super obvious ones of like, I know how much debt I'm in and I don't really want to have to look at it. I'm scared. There's no point. It's never going to be any different. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? Blah, 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 blah. But as you open up that thought, as you let yourself think about it and you let yourself feel it, you might be surprised as to what else comes up for you. There's going to be some little nuggets of things that have perhaps been like tucked, tucked away back there in your unconscious mind that hasn't really wanted to present itself and hasn't really wanted to make itself known to you. But as you allow the space for that to happen, those thoughts come out and you're like, oh, interesting. There was this one time with my grandma 30 years ago where she said this thing to me and I've never been able to let it go since then. And that is actually driving the reason why I do X, Y, and Z. You never know. Those things can come up. Doing this exercise is really, really powerful because it just gives you a foundational knowledge of accepting and acknowledging why you've been scared to do this in the first place because it's okay to feel that way but it's not okay to let that feeling rule the rest of your life we're doing things differently now once you've done that I'm going to give you one very practical thing to do I want you to do this as close to listening to this episode as possible do one very very practical thing open an excel spreadsheet or a google sheet or whatever some sort of spreadsheet and pull in every number that you can find. So this could take you five minutes if you literally have two bank accounts and it's very simple for you. It could take you a little bit longer if you've got stuff all over the place. Create three columns. The first column is gonna be where the thing is. So naming out each bank account that you have, whether it's a current account, a savings account, an ISA, your investments, your private pension, your mortgage, your credit card, your car finance, whatever. And I want you to list out where it is on one side. And then in the middle column, you're gonna list out the amount. So you're literally gonna put down the amount that you have in each account or the amount of debt that you have remaining on credit card, mortgage, car finance, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the third column, I want you to write down the interest rate on those things. So whether that is the 4% that you get with your savings account or that your stocks and shares are returning on average at the moment, seven to 8%, whatever it is. Also on your credit card or your car finance or your mortgage, write down what the interest rate on your debt is as well. You might be in a fortunate position where you don't have any credit card debt or it's very, very minimal and it's still on a 0%. If that is the case, write down when that ends and what the interest rate changes over to once that ends. Because if you are in a position where you do have some debt or you do have finance, I just want you to look at the difference between the interest that you are currently getting on your savings versus the interest that you are paying on your debt. And there is a balance here. This is not black and white. And we'll discuss this further as we go through more episodes. But understanding how much you are paying someone else versus how much your money is making you by saving it can be quite unnerving, unsettling thing to look at, 
to learn that you might have a couple of hundred quid on a credit card, but you're paying 18% on it. It's not going to stay a couple of hundred quid for long versus only getting 4% in interest on having X amount in savings. This allows you to just get a really factually correct look at where you are financially. And once you've done this, leave it alone, walk away from it. Once you've pulled all of that information together, just look at it. Literally accept the numbers for what they are and then leave it alone. Because what we're going to work on is understanding where you might have some money leaks where you're spending money on things that you don't actually value and you don't want to be spending money on those things anymore. But the practice of doing this and leaving it alone once you've done the action is allowing yourself the space to detach emotion from money. Because a lot of us can be very, very, me included, we can be very emotionally driven by money. And we can often get ourselves into really shitty situations because we've been so emotionally driven by money, whether that's impulsive behaviours or shopping because we're sad or whatever it is, money can be really emotional. But what I want you to start allowing yourself the space to do is to detach that emotion from the number. Because once you're able to do that, you can look at it, you can explore the emotions, you can decide which ones are useful and which ones aren't, which ones align with your values and what your goals are in life and which ones don't and then reattach emotion to it for sure we're definitely going to do that but it's going to be driven by very different things it's going to be driven by the things that you value the most the things that you want to enjoy in life the pleasure that you want to be able to get out of your fucking money and how you let yourself build on that with every financial decision that you make This is about breaking the cycle. It's about changing the patterns in a really intentional way. So the goal for this week is do your journal and exercise first. Look at why you've been avoiding it and how that's protected you in the past. What comes up for you? And then the second step is to do a very simple financial audit of where you currently are with just all the facts, all the facts and all the figures, no judgment, and then leave it alone. And then next week, we will explore what to do with the information that you now have. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who you know really needs to be doing their own financial audit. Follow so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you've got 30 seconds, please leave a rating and review as it really does help the episodes get found by new listeners. Have a great week.